Holt Smash, how's it going? JB, where's Alex? I sent him a screenshot. I showed him how to get into this podcast, so let's just see if it works for him. Uh, well, hopefully it does. Do you have anything you want to say to uh, to the Florida fans while we're waiting? Uh, I actually like this Florida Gator team. I think I got a pretty good team. Oh, my God. I had to stop I talking about Florida. I think we got Bullship in the house, too. Bullship, how's it going? <laughs> Good. I um I would say the third time's a charm, but it's more like the twentieth time is yeah. a charm. Well well no one listening will know of the last thirty minutes of uh technical difficulties we've been going through unless we tell them about it. So let's just like keep that under wraps and act like we got this thing under control. Well it seems yeah. like today Anchor was not wanting to send us notifications like or a phone call notification when the podcast was starting. So now we gotta actually open the app and light for that little notification bar to light up. That's right. And then that's, we have to click on it. That's really annoying too. And that's that's exactly what these Florida fans clicked in for. You know what I mean? That's exactly what they want to hear about. Well, I just our, our producer. Sorry, our sarcastically. Producer, our producer is sleeping, so I, I think we're we're good now. We can't we can't have him sleep anymore. But I think he's awake. We're all good. Yeah, Brad, you gotta you gotta stay awake, Brad. I said. Uh, uh, I thought Dolphin, we were talking about Dalton. Yeah, it's actually Dalton. <laughs> <awesome. laughs> uh, that's okay. Yeah. So have we have we started talking a little bit about Florida? We were we it kind of like just gotten started like right when you jumped in. Okay. So cool, so cool. no, the answer is no, really. Okay, so we'll, we'll pretend this is the official start of the Florida Caters podcast. Um, all right, so uh, let's get it going. So football this year, um, new coach Dan Mo- um, that I don't think he likes sharks as much as uh, Jim McElwain, so probably good in that area. He also knows how to develop quarterbacks um, with Tebow at Florida, uh, Dak Prescott, and uh, Nick Fitzgerald at Mississippi State. So that's the good news. Um, bad news is he can't really recruit well. I think they're like maybe top 30 in recruiting. Uh, right now. I don't think they're even top 30. I think they're in the 40s currently. Yeah, it's, they it's might be. They might. Good. They might be top forty, but they're definitely not top thirty. They are really struggling right now. And I looked. I looked for two thousand eighteen. Um, believe it or not, they were like a top twenty recruiting for two thousand eighteen, even with him coming on late. But if you think about Florida, just the the talent that they have in the state, there's no way they should be outside the top twenty in recruiting ever. I think, or really outside the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Maybe you can give them, yeah, you can give them some years outside the top ten because there's just you know there's ten other awesome programs in the country too that can have a top ten class any given year, but it really shouldn't slip outside the top fifteen. Well, that's what blows my mind is how much talent there is in Florida because you got he's got to be good at recruiting now with Mark Rick. Uh, Florida State always has to be good at recruiting. Florida has to be good, and I guess who would be the third? The fourth school, maybe South Florida or Central Florida, but those don't are the same. It's really just those three schools that are always gonna. Definitely be top ten, but right now Miami's the uh, the school that's winning out all the recruiting battles in that state. But I mean, there's a lot of other schools that come in and recruit Florida too. Obviously, you know, like Alabama gets a lot of kids from Florida. Georgia they will say, get a few. Clemson gets a ton of guys from Florida. So I mean, they're, you, you're competing. LSU. Against, yeah, you're competing against everybody when you're in Florida, not just other Florida schools. Um, Tennessee's actually done pretty well recruiting in Florida too. Believe it or not, I think. Um, I mean, it's just like everybody in the SEC, like you're always saying. But we did the we did the uh, SEC down kickoff countdown yesterday with Travis Henry, who's number twenty, 
And I was looking him up after JB told me about his 20 kids. I, I Googled him real quick to make to fact check. I think he has like 11 kids with like nine different women or nine kids with 11 different. No, yeah, 11 kids with nine different women. And um, he he's from Florida is the point I was making that um, that's when I guess Tennessee, Tennessee is able to go into Florida too and recruit well. So um, there's a lot of talent in Florida. So there's no reason why they should be definitely not outside the top 20 and really not outside the top 10. But I was told. Um, even though Dan Mullen's not a great recruiter, uh, um, is Florida really going to be hurting too much, even if he's not a great recruiter, just because he can coach and develop players? No, I don't think they're going to be hurting too much. Um, I think uh, just the one negative before I get into the positives uh, about Dan Mullen, but to me, uh, the the fact that he's not an elite recruiter is kind of limits their ceiling while, while he's there. Um, his ability to develop quarterbacks may make up for that some years. And some years they're going to have more experienced teams uh, where, you know, everything just kind of lines up perfectly for them uh, where they could, you know, be a playoff caliber team. But uh, it's just his lack of recruiting, I think, is going to maybe keep them from being like that uh, perennial power that they want to be like Alabama is, like, you know, Georgia and Ohio State and schools like that. Um, I mean, I'm, I had to put Georgia up there with those two schools right now, but, you know, it kind of looks like it right now. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, then he's – but that being said, uh, he's a great developer of talent. Um, he doesn't always need four- and five-star players to make a good team. He's just – he's a really uh, disciplined coach and uh, really puts – you know, put guys in good positions and he knows what he wants out of guys. Uh, so when he's recruiting them, you know, he doesn't always need the four and five star guys um, to turn them into good players. He's taken plenty of three star players at Mississippi state and turned them into NFL players. So, uh, you know, it may take a little bit longer than Florida fans want it to. You're not going to see like a lot of freshmen coming in and play right away under Dan Mullen. He's the kind of guy who likes <laughs> the red, red shirt guys and bring them on slowly and, uh, you know, that way the team, the guys actually playing on the field are usually, you know, juniors and seniors. Um, so you're always going to have a really disciplined football team and you're always going to be really competitive. You're not going to beat yourself. Um, but that being said, I do think his lack of recruiting um, at this, the highest level is going to be what keeps him from being like a perennial every year playoff contender. What um, I'll – say to argue against that is that I think I think this year is probably going to be an anomaly. I think he will finish inside the top 20 most of his tenure and in recruiting. I think he'll finish inside the top 20 recruiting most of his tenure at Florida. I just think this year is kind of an anomaly, but um, I think Well, I mean, there's cool. a long way to go until signing day. I mean, it's not like... Yeah. There's, yeah, there's still definitely. guys There's still guys out there. Like, I mean, I don't think they're going to finish you know, in the forties this year, I think they're going to probably jump up into the top 20, but I mean, it, I mean, to me, even if you're recruiting at the, in the top 20 at Florida, um, I mean, that's really not living up to your full potential. I feel like you have to be, you know, if, if you're at Florida, you need to be recruiting in the top 10, top five, um, yeah. to be really living up to your full potential. And I mean, to me, um, you know, he may have one or two classes like that, but, uh, I don't think overall he's going to be recruiting at that high of a level. And when you got uh, Georgia the way they're recruiting right now, um, you know, they're out recruiting Alabama right now. And, you know, I don't know. <coughs> I'm not saying Kirby Smart is going to coach the next seven ends. I don't think he is. But, you know, when you have to play a team that's recruiting that well every year, you know, it's going to be difficult having a talent disadvantage. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got Georgia, Alabama, and Texas A&M. They're all top five caliber classes currently. You still got Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee. They're all lurking around the top ten. You even have Arkansas that's surging into the top 25 as well. And then Mississippi State uh, is flirting with the top 15 currently recruiting. And Ole Miss is also in the top 20. You got all those schools that are ahead of Florida right now. And Florida should not be past the mid-pack in the conference in recruiting. It should never be. That's what right. I would say is, is what's crazy is, like, top 20 on the surface looks like a pretty good recruiting class. Top 20, you shouldn't normally be happy. But a couple of things that uh, that's, goes against that is that when you're at the state of Florida, you're maybe the flagship university state. I mean, there's Florida State, Miami, too, you compete against. But um, there's a lot of talent in Florida, and you're a big school in Florida. And then um, on top of that, uh, or another another thing I would say is that top twenty in in the country is maybe like what like sixth seventh in the SEC, so it's not it's not great it's not good enough especially when you're in the East now when you have to compete with Georgia um, who's just surpassed Alabama's number one recruiting class and um, ten- Tennessee usually is, does pretty well recruit I think they're they're like top fifteen right now somewhere around there yeah I think I saw Tennessee's eleventh uh, South Carolina is also flirting yeah. with the top fifteen as well. There's a lot of, I mean, the, everyone, everyone in the SEC recruits well. So, if you're not in the top five in the conference, you know, year by year in recruiting, you're going to slip. Even if it is top twenty in the country, you're still playing in a toughest conference. Um, I was also going to say to Holt, um, you said they have a lower ceiling because of the um, the lack of recruiting at the the very highest level for Florida or Dan Mullen at Florida. But what I would say to that is I think he, he will have better players than he did at Mississippi State. And he took Mississippi State to number one at one point in the, his tenure there in 2014, I think. So I, I still – I understand what you're saying. Like, it makes sense logically. But also think it's not – it's definitely not impossible. And I think it's more more realistic that they can win 10 or 11 games at Florida and still compete for SEC championships, even if he doesn't recruit as great as he does, just because of how he – um, competed at Mississippi State, which you're at a disadvantage where you don't have the history or resources that Florida does. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, he'll definitely recruit better at Florida than he did at Mississippi State. Um, you know, I think he'll – I mean, I don't think he's going to do a bad job there. I really don't. I just I, – like, I mean, I, all I'm saying is that I don't think they're going to be uh, consistently a playoff team. I think they're going to be a 9-10 win team. Every year, I think they're going to really struggle to beat Florida or uh, beat Georgia. Um, you know, but other than that, I mean, when you look at the SEC East, they have been down. And, uh, you know, I could see him maybe – or I could definitely see him getting Florida to where they're right there, you know, at the top of the East every year. But I just don't know if he's going to recruit quite well enough to beat the Georgias and the Alabamas and, you know, maybe even LSU some years, uh, who's their permanent crossover. So, uh, you know, I'm in Tennessee. We'll see what happens with them as well. But, uh, you know, it'll just be interesting to see. I, just like I said, I think Damon's a really good coach. I think they made a really good hire. I think the odds of Damon failing at Florida are, like, almost zero. Um, I think he's going to be at least really good. Um, but I don't think he's going to be great is basically my point, just because of his lag. Over, like, you don't see uh, teams – they go to the playoff every year that don't recruit at a very high level. You know what I mean? I mean, we saw Michigan right. state, we saw Michigan state a few years ago and they needed, you know, that crazy game against Ohio state. 
um, to win. And then once they got there, they just got pummeled by Alabama. You know what I mean? In Washington, kind of similar situation where they maybe didn't play the toughest schedule in the world. And then they get, you know, the playoff and then they get blown out by Alabama. You know what I mean? It's just hard for teams that don't recruit at that very high level to be consistently, you know, playoff caliber teams. It is. And I will let, uh, just add on to that. Uh, I think brighter days are ahead for the SEC East division too. Uh, Florida is going to get much better under Mullen. Uh, Georgia is about to become an absolute national powerhouse with uh, Kirby Smart. Uh, South Carolina is going to be a solid program under Muschamp. Muschamp is really building a uh, really good foundation. They're going to be a solid 8-9 win caliber team every year. Pruitt's going to bring in talent at Tennessee. We'll see if they can actually capitalize. But I do think brighter days are ahead for the East. Yeah, so uh, in summing up uh, what, what Charles was saying about Mullen, uh, sounds pretty consistent. So he's not an elite-level recruiter, but he's a pretty good coach, just not a great coach. So he has a, probably a higher floor but lower ceiling, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, I, I can't I like, I can't see uh, Dan Mullen just <laughs> falling flat on his face at Florida. Like, I think they're at least going to be a good team while he's there. Okay, so um, – yeah, so it's not, it's not too bad. And I'll ask, I'll ask JB, um, as a Tennessee fan, does Dan Mullen in Florida scare you more than McElwain? Or uh, Florida just scare you in general just because of, like, the history of that series in the last, like, 20 years or the last 15 years? Florida didn't even scare me under Muschamp or McElwain, but Tennessee's teams are just always so unprepared. And they always just played scared against Florida because Florida always just had the mental toughness that Tennessee teams did not They'd also have the more physicality up front, and that's where the games were always won. But the Mullen teams are a little definitely going to be a little more scary. But hopefully, Pruitt's teams will have a higher mental toughness than the previous uh, teams that have been under Dooley and Butch Jones. And it, but uh, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Oh uh, well, I was saying I actually do like these uh, Florida teams that are coming up. Uh, they're going to be really good. Uh, I hope the rivalry is going to be good too, because we've seen in the past that uh, Mullen's offenses. Power spread has struggled against those uh, three, four defenses that Nick Saban and Kirby Smart and Jeremy Pruitt run. So we'll could make for an interesting rivalry if Pruitt can get some of those same kind of caliber players in that he had at Florida State and Georgia and Alabama. That's what I, I was going to say. People, people like to hype up the uh, Tennessee Florida game last year because that hail mary uh, that Florida won on last year. But man, that was an ugly game and just like an awful game by two bad teams. Or two- yeah. Two ugly ducklings, and one of them had to be more ugly. Yeah, it just it wasn't it wasn't a great game to watch, except for that hail mary. Um, all right, so let's just talk about the the offensive defense real quick before we get into the schedule. So um, overall, uh, me and Holt were discussing this earlier. They they have seventeen or eighteen returning starters total, depending on which publication you look at. Um, Ten on offense, which is really good for Florida and Dan Mullen. Uh, and then I think seven or eight on defense. Uh, offense is highlighted by offensive lineman Martez Ivy, and then um, Holt, Holt likes Jordan Scarlett better than uh, JB does. So I'll let I'll let Holt elaborate on Jordan Scarlett in just a second. And on defense, we have uh, CC Dev- Jefferson for defensive line, and um, that's that's the only one that really stands out to me on defense. But um, some people do like to call Florida D back. D what's it called? Uh, D back you or whatever it's called, defensive back you. Um, but um, I'll let I'll let Holt elaborate on George Scarlett why he likes him more than Jay. I'll let JB talk about Felipe Franks. 
don't really have too much to say. Um, I think Jordan Scholar was out last year, um, which we just I think which we discussed was yeah. part of the Callaway's credit card thing. Yeah, I I guess so. <laughs> I, I don't really um, remember to be honest. I know they had players out for all different kinds of reasons last year, but uh, yeah, I mean I thought Scholar looked pretty well when he played a couple years ago. He averaged five yards a carry, which is pretty big in the SEC. Um, I just remember he had, a, he had a couple of big games for them. I think uh, he's really the guy I look at in this offense and think, like, uh, he could be, like, a focal point uh, for Florida <laughs> and Dan Mullen. Uh, Mullen is one of those guys, he likes to run a lot with his quarterback in short yardage situations, but I'm not really sure that's uh, really what Felipe Franks is built to do. So I think Scarlett's going to get a lot of – is going to really be featured in this offense, uh, at least this season, until uh, – you know, Florida finds their quarterback of the future, which I, I don't think is Felipe Franks, but, you know, I guess we'll find out. Um, they've also got, like, some some pretty solid receivers. Uh, Kadarius Tony is a guy who played a lot last year. There's a lot of moved, uh, really good moves to him. He <laughs> seems like he's always, like, juking guys and just making, like, cool plays. He also plays quarterback a little bit. Um, you know, they'll put him in, like, a Wildcat-type deal. And then they get Van Jefferson from Ole Miss, who's eligible to play immediately. Uh, who's a really good player. At a, he's from Nashville, I believe. Um, he played at Ole Miss the last couple of years. Kind of, uh, you know, wasn't quite on the levels A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, but uh, they were loaded at receiver. So um, he makes his way to, to Gainesville, and I think he's going to be a big receiver for him in the slot there. Um, all right, so, J.B., uh, for Felipe Franks, and everybody assumes he's going to be a starter, um, he, has, he has great great size. So, like, he has a lot of potential – um, coming in as a as a freshman, he had a lot of potential as a recruit, or as a high level recruit. Has a good size. I think it's like six four, six five, and you know, prototypical NFL size and big arm. Um, as he just played in that hail mary against Tennessee, but um, he just hasn't been able to put it together for a um, a season. It just doesn't, doesn't look like he's ready for the NFL or even ready to compete in the SEC yet. So, just tell me, tell me what you think about Felipe Franks and if you think that he'll be the starter for the entire year? Uh, bottom line is I wasn't impressed with Felipe Franks at all as a true freshman. Granted, uh, he was not in a good system either. Uh, Jim McElwain's system proved it could not work at Florida. It was a really boring system, and it wasn't really friendly for him either. Uh, I think Dan Mullen's going to be able to get more out of Felipe Franks. We know how talented the guy is. Uh, he's, you know, he's got the size. He's 6'5". He's 230. Uh, you know we can make all the throws. Uh, we saw this. We've seen his arm strength. Uh, he can throw darts all over the field. Strength. Uh, what he's really going to have to work with. Uh, Mullen's going to have to work with is his decision making. That's what cost Florida a lot last year. Was Frank's decision making? Granted, he was a true freshman, but that's what I'm really going to be looking forward to this season. Is how much has his decision making and his precision improved from last season? And also, let's not forget Kyle Trask has a solid uh, backup for them as well. Trask was in contention for the job last year. Ended up losing it out to Franks. But, of course, we know they have Emory Jones coming in, who probably will be their future quarterback, but it may not be this season. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Holt, you can elaborate on this more, too, um, being with Dan Mullen. Because, I mean, he he likes dual-threat quarterbacks. Emory Jones is more of a dual-threat. So, you think – I mean, Flavor Frank's about to be, I think, as a sophomore, and Emory Jones coming in as a freshman. Do you see a possible scenario where, even though Flavor Franks might have the overall more potential, more talent, 
Um, Emory Jones is still a pretty good quarterback and definitely would fit Dan Mullen's system. Do you, so do you see a scenario where he could take over the starting quarterback role? Um, I don't know. Um, you know, I know at Mississippi State, Dan Mullen was – he would never play a freshman quarterback. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he, he – I mean, he did play, you know, Tim Tebow a little bit his freshman year uh, back in that 2006 season. But, uh, That's you right. know, I, I, I don't know – you know, I'm just really not sure if uh, if that's something that Dan Mullen is comfortable doing. Uh, just one thing uh, is being at Florida, there's a lot more pressure. There's a lot more um, noise from national media and stuff like that. Um, so maybe he'll feel a lot more pressure to play Emory Jones this year, especially if things aren't going well. But uh, I think he's probably going to stick with Franks and or uh, Trask if, if things go bad. Um, you know, I mean, Dan Mullen won – uh, like eight games with Chris Ralph as his quarterback one year. Like, I mean, he's he's basically proven that he can take quarterbacks and turn them into, you know, at least solid game managing type players. So, you know, that's, I, that's it'll what, be. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, that, that's just what I'm saying. Is like, I, he's going to help Felipe Franks out a lot. Um, but just like I'm saying, Felipe Franks doesn't really fit the offense and what Damon wants to do. Um, so I don't know if the offense is going to, you know, be as good as it can be under Dan Mullen. But, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. And, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of uh, when Tyler Russell uh, was the quarterback at Mississippi State because um, he was just kind of a pro-stock quarterback in Dan Mullen's offense, and it just never really seemed to click. Um, but, you know, that being said, that doesn't mean that this can't work. I think uh, Florida's got some better players on the outside, you know, to maybe get open. Um so, we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, you know, just like I said, I, I don't expect Emory Jones to play this year. But that being said, it is a possibility. Um, Emory Jones is also a little bit undersized. He's only 190 pounds. Usually, damn well, the quarterbacks are at least like 210, 215. So, he's probably going to want to wait for Jones to put on some muscle before uh, he throws him out there. But we'll have to, you know, I guess yeah. we'll find out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure sure what it, what. It, Who's going to be the starting quarterback? I think I think Felipe Franks. I think he'll develop Felipe Franks into being a good quarterback. I really think um, I, I, if you're looking at Florida overall, I just don't think you should. As a Florida fan, I don't think you should really worry about the offense. I think that's something you should have peace of mind about with ten returning starters and uh, Dan Mullen's history. So I think you're fine. One, the one thing I'll say is it's crazy. Um, I mean, Michael even got like Coach of the Year, SEC Coach of the Year one year, I think, and then he, um, you know, he went to two SEC championship games. Um, but it's it's crazy how underdeveloped they were. If you if you look at um, like Will Will Greer now when he he transferred to West Virginia, I think he was he was pretty like he wasn't horrible at Florida. He was decent, but like there's no way he was as good. Or I didn't see him being as good as he is now with West Virginia when he was with Florida. It's just I think that's the difference between somebody who can develop a quarterback or develop talent and versus somebody doesn't know how to properly use their players. Yeah, and Will Greer is also in a very quarterback-friendly system, especially with the way Dana Holgerson's offense is set up with the uh, passing version of the spread. Uh, he's going to be able to do a lot of dink and dunks. He can also uh, sling the ball over the field, too. We know Will Greer has a great arm, too. It's a perfect system for a guy like Will Greer. So, they didn't play a lot of defenses over there, either. Yeah, they don't play a lot of defense. As, that offense, uh, they'll just be able to outscore a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, so switching over to the defense side, um, Todd Grantham's the defensive coordinator. Um, I think Holt likes him a lot. 
Um, and I think most of the coaches from for Florida came from Mississippi State. Um, as Holt was telling me earlier, I mean, I knew Todd Grantham, but everybody else sounds like everybody else came from Mississippi State. Well, what can you tell me about Todd Grantham's defense? What what kind of defense is he running? Looks like he's running three four probably. Um, what can you yeah. tell me about how his attack is? Well, I can tell you one thing. Uh, when you're playing against a Todd Grantham defense, the quarterback is not going to be comfortable at all at any point in the game. Um, Todd Grantham will blitz literally every play. He will run an all-out blitz on third and 18. Um, I've seen him do it. Um, he will literally, like, blitz and hit the quarterback and just run a crazy, a crazy-ass defense. Um Kind of like he basically runs his defense the way someone would run it in like uh, Madden or like NCAA football. Um, yeah, that's a um, NFL blitz. That was the game, or not NFL? Blitz. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The way I can describe Tom Grantham is he has never met a uh, blitz package that he doesn't like. I mean, this is the guy that would on a third and twenty-five and going against the offense of the five wide receivers said he'd he'd send eight guys and drop back three. Yeah, I mean he's, it's I mean it's ridiculous how much he blitz. Like it's fun to watch. Um, you uh, as a defense, you're going to create a lot of big plays, a lot of negative plays, a lot of turnovers, and all those things you're looking for. But at the at the same time, you are going to give up a lot of big plays, and that was kind of their downfall last year at Mississippi State. Um, I think uh, in the eight the eight regular season games they won. Uh, they were able to limit those big plays, but in the four games they lost, they gave up uh, a lot of big plays, and big plays are really what hurt them and why they lost the game. So, uh, you know, that's just one thing to be mindful of. He's one of those guys that, like, you either, you know, you have to accept him for what he is because there's going to be days where you love him and days when you hate him. But uh, if you just accept him for, like, what he is – then I think, you know, you'll appreciate him a lot more. That's what I did last year when he was at Mississippi State. Um, he just, you know, I I understand that you're not going to stop, uh, you know, the best offenses in the country like every play. But, uh, you know, you're going to give up points. You're going to give up big plays, especially in today's college football. Um, but his ability to create negative plays and to keep uh, – offenses from having long sustained drives because basically it's either going to be like a three and out a turnover or a touchdown like really quick so you're not going to see a lot of offenses that basically run in and uh you know that have long sustained drives basically is what i'm saying overall you like him as a coordinator though like yeah Yeah, no i I like him a lot um i really do Uh, i just don't know He's one of those guys that gets kind of a bad rap. I feel like if he stays in one place for too long, people get sick of him. But, uh, you know, definitely at first. Because every defensive coordinator says that they're going to blitz and, like, do all this crazy stuff and, like, you know, affect the quarterback. But he like he really does. Like, I mean, there's no talk with him. Like, he absolutely will blitz like crazy and will affect the quarterback. And there's no question about that. Um, Jamie, you want to elaborate on that at all? JB, I think we might have lost JB. JB, you still oh, I'm here. Yeah, I'm still here. I was saying uh, Holt's audio is going in and out on me. But uh, I do like this uh, Gator defense. Uh, there's definitely a lot of talent for uh, Todd Grantham to work with. Uh, he's going to have more talent here than, than places that he's had. Uh, their secondary is going to be really good. Uh, 
So it's going to allow Tiger Anthony to send six or seven guys, at least at all times, with the awesome secondary. He's going to have C.J. Henderson, who had four interceptions last year. He's also got Marco Wilson, who's the uh, brother of a former defensive back that used to play for uh, Florida, Quincy Wilson, who's now in the NFL. So they're going to have both of those guys uh, locking up both sides. Uh, their secondary, of course, you got uh, Jawan Taylor is going to be in the safety. He's a really good player. Uh, Chauncey Gardner, who's more of a hybrid uh, safety linebacker, he's going to also be in the secondary as well. So their secondary is going to be solid. So that's actually going to give Grantham a lot more leeway to send a lot of blitz packages this this season. All right, um, I'm thinking. And uh, CC Jefferson, we should give him a shout out. Um, second shout out. All, yeah, all conference player, big time defensive end. You think it'll be a first round draft pick? You know, I haven't looked at any of the projections, but I would have to assume so. Yeah, yeah, I would say CC Jefferson, Martez Ivy are the two guys on this Florida team that are potential first round picks. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the schedule, uh, let's talk about some miscellaneous items here. My favorite part of the podcast. Um, we'll ask JB, who was your favorite player at Florida, or the player you hated the most as a Tennessee fan, I guess? Besides, um, Tim, Tebow, besides Tim Tebow. Jesus, I was going to say Tim Tebow. Like, he is my favorite player that played at Florida. <clears throat> but uh, well, my least favorite player ever from Florida, are you talking about least favorite now? Um, well, I guess just give me both. Give me both now. Uh, least favorite player is Jalen Tabor. Couldn't stand the way he ran his mouth. Uh, he got lit up two years ago against Tennessee. I absolutely loved him when Juwan Jennings outjuked him. And uh, let me, that second, let me, that second. Let me stop you there for a second because Jalen Tabor. I looked, I looked him up the other, the other day because I remember all the hype going into that game and to him being like the best defensive back in the SEC that year. And I forgot where he was drafted. I think it was like second or third. And I was just trying to see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I don't. He's really made any noise in the NFL. I don't know if he's, like, maybe the best NFL player, but maybe I don't know. No, it's just that – it's really just that entire – like, I've never really been a big hater of Florida. Like, I think I hated them more back in the Spurrier days. But yeah. I just – I can't really just find myself hating them that much. But uh, I really despise that 2016 Florida team. They talked a lot of trash for a team that was just really mediocre. They were really great on defense, but they were really mediocre on offense. And I just really didn't like Jalen Tabor, Quincy Wilson. They talk a lot of trash, even though they had to barely squeak out a win against Tennessee the year before. So Tennessee players are ready for that one. And they absolutely lit them up on in the second half against that uh, Florida secondary. And they put Jalen Tabor and Quincy Wilson in their place. That was probably – But uh, as far as favorite, favorite, favorite player, favorite yeah. player is going to have to be Alex Brown. Uh, that was back during the uh, Spurrier days. He was a defensive end. Said, he yeah. was absolutely incredible. Uh, he was he's he was one of the best uh, defensive ends that I've ever seen come through the SEC, and uh, he had a pretty solid NFL career. But there was one night, uh, I think it was maybe the nineteen ninety nine season, where he was absolutely incredible. I think in one game, I forgot which team it was. I think he had like maybe four sacks, four or five sacks in one game. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's that's crazy that you can remember that because I definitely wouldn't remember that far back, but. Um... Yeah, I would say I know who my favorite player is besides Tim Tebow. Um, actually, I'll, I'll just go ahead and talk about it and I'll ask who, who your favorite player is. Um, I'll, I'll, it's not really going to be one. It's kind of cheating. I'm picking more than one. But I like the um, – I like, obviously like the Tim Tebow team. Um, but I like the – I liked all the speed they had on that team. I had – they had – remind me of the four guys. It was Jeff Demps, uh, Chris Rainey, uh, Percy Harvin. And who was – there was another guy that was fast. Brandon James. Brandon James. Brandon James. Brandon James. Yeah, they had so much def- speed. 
Those are so fun. Yeah, most fun team to play with in NCAA was that team because you could you could just run all over the place with them, and they I think you legitimately didn't know who the fastest was out of those four guys. Yeah, the two, really that, that two thousand eight Florida team was absolutely loaded, and of course you had uh, Aaron Hernandez who was their starting tight end too, and but yeah, oh, they, yeah. there was just so much speed on that team, and then so much it, good, um, it was ridiculous. Lois Murphy's that name? Is that right? Lewis Murphy. Murphy. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he was good too, and I mean, he got in a little trouble in the NFL for opening his mouth a little bit too much, but he was, he was good too. Uh, oh, who? Do you guys remember? Uh, do you guys remember Dallas Baker, the touchdown maker? Oh yes, Dallas Baker. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I, just thought, Riley, that, I just thought of that randomly. And also, they had Riley Cooper on that team too, who was solid and ran his mouth a little bit too much as well. Oh no, that's what I'm thinking. I'm going to mix up. Yeah, that's who who ran his mouth in the NFL, not not Murphy. Uh, oh, who besides? <laughs> That's Baker. Who's your Who's your favorite Florida player? Again? Well, I was I was gonna say Percy Harvin, um, okay. but yeah. you guys already mentioned him. I I don't know, man. That's kind of a tough question. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I usually, uh, am not like a big Florida fan. Uh, I, I can't rem- really remember a lot of their uh, great players. Yeah, a lot of their players that I just really liked and enjoyed watching. I remember you remember uh, Will Hill that was a safety for them. No, I liked not. I liked him a lot. He plays for the. I think he plays for the Ravens now. I like him I, I, a lot. They, they had a – gosh, they had a linebacker, like Bostick, I think was his name. Yeah. And he was, was – yeah. I remember, like, when he was in high school watching, like, his high school tape, and he's one of those guys that, like, you just feel sorry that, like, other high school kids have to play against him because he's just, like, blowing everybody up, like, every play. Like, guys try to block him, and he just, like, throws them aside and then just, like, just kills the ball carrier, like, every play. And it's just I, like, man, this dude should not be playing at this level. See, I went more. I went more defense. Uh, I can give you a defensive player uh, hold that you probably would really like. Uh, Joe, Joe Hayden. No, uh, Joe Hayden. I like Joe. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about Joe Hayden. He plays. Do you still play for the Browns, or does he play for no, somebody else now? No, he doesn't play for the Browns. Um, I forgot who he plays for. But he doesn't play for the Browns. But my roommates are Browns. Yeah, players. but yeah, Joe Joe Hayden and Brandon Spikes. They both played on that same defense too, and they had some really good defenses too under Urban Meyer. Not just the offense. Yeah, Charlie Strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, defense coordinator. Yeah, um, all right. So let's let's switch to the schedule now. Uh, so schedule obviously they play everyone in the East. They, they have the crossover game with LSU, and they also play who's their crossover game? Oh, Mississippi State. Ah, oh, great game, great game. Mississippi State at Mississippi State. What a great game. What a great timing for this. It's not like they they plan this out ahead of time, but like it's just it's great timing for this game this year at, in Starkville. Um, with them all returns. That non-conference isn't too great. Uh, they play Charleston Southern, Colorado State, which is, Colorado State's not a bad game. I think that was the part of the <laughs> part of the McElwain deal. Uh, they had agreed to play Colorado <laughs> Too bad McElwain's not still the coach. Yeah, and then uh, they play Idaho too. Uh, so not not a great. Oh, I guess Florida State. Obviously, obviously Florida State also. I, I forgot about them, but yeah, they don't. Well, play. Idaho. We'll see, will Idaho be able to field a team? I mean, are they going to be able to get enough guys off the uh, potato field to field a team for this game? I feel like you've been saving that one for Florida podcast. <laughs> but <maybe. laughs> so let's just go ahead and get into the schedule. We'll uh, walk you through the schedule and predict who we think is going to win. So uh, the mm-hmm. first game, Charleston Southern, this is going to win, be a win for Florida, so we're not really going to talk about that one. The next one, um, they play Kentucky at, in Gainesville. And this one's actually – I mean, I wouldn't say it's a toss-up because – it really shouldn't be. I think Florida's going to win this one. But oh, it's a, it's a toss up. It's a toss up. 
Okay. Well, or maybe says it's a toss up, but uh, Kentucky has been like circling this one on their calendar. I feel like because they haven't beat Florida in so long, and they almost beat Florida last year or last year two years ago. I think they should have beat them, and it's just it's it's crazy um, how much Florida's beating Kentucky. And I think Kentucky's not a bad team, and I think that's just what they're they're preparing for this year to beat Florida. So I'll I'll let JB tell me why it's a toss up and who you think's gonna win. Oh, Kentucky's going to come in this game uh, really fired up. Uh, like you said, they haven't beaten Florida in a while. Uh, the last three years that they've played Florida, it's been close every single game. And I, I like this Kentucky team with Benny Snell. Uh, they're going to be able to really uh, mix it up with the run in the past with Snell leading Ray with running the game. Uh, their defense is not going to be terrible, but it's just it's going to be mediocre. But that's actually going to be beneficial because they're going to be playing a uh, Mullins team who's only, only playing its second game of the season. So the offense is not going to be on top. Of so this could be a good game for Kentucky to maybe sneak into uh, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium and come out with a victory. I am going to pick Florida, but this game is definitely a toss-up. It's going to be close all the way. I, the I, just, I don't see it being a toss-up. Let's, let's ask Hall, is this a toss-up game or is this just an easy win? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think Florida's going to win this game pretty easily. Mullen, uh, <laughs> Mullen was... Eight and one against Kentucky at his time at Mississippi State. Um, you know, I don't think Florida is where they want to be right now, but I still think that they're more talented than Kentucky. Um, I think they have a psychological advantage over Kentucky as well, just because they've won so many in a row. Um, I just feel like Kentucky puts just a little bit too much emphasis on this game and kind of, almost kind of a negative way, um, just because they're, you know, it's been. Everyone talks about uh, the streak, and everyone talks about, um, you know, when's Kentucky finally going to beat them. And I just think that pressure just, like, really gets to them. Um, and I think Dan Mullen kind of makes his hay on beating teams that are uh, not as good as him, not as talented as him. So uh, I really like Florida in this game to win uh, pretty easily, actually. I mean, maybe I don't think they're going to, like, blow them out by any means, but I don't think Kentucky's really ever going to be in a position to win this game. Yeah, you'll think it would be like maybe like a 10 to 14 point win or something like that. Right, right. But I think Florida is going to get ahead a little bit early and then Kentucky's just never really going to catch up. And JB, you think this is going to be like seven points or less, a touchdown or less game? I do. I think this is going to be a four quarter game. I I like Kentucky to make this a game. I, I am picking Florida. If this game was later in the season, I would definitely pick Florida more comfortably. But since this is early in the season, Kentucky always plays well early in the season, too. Like, you look at the body of work with Mike Stoops the last five years, they always start off the season strong. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I – Go ahead. Well, yeah, that's why I like this game to be close. Uh, and, of course, with Mullen breaking in a new system, second game of the season against the Fire of Kentucky team, I definitely see that's going four quarters. All right, so we're, we're all well in agreement here for the uh, win against Kentucky. Um, yeah, I, I just – I don't see Kentucky. Unfortunately for Kentucky, I just don't see him. Don't see him winning this one. Uh, and then they, in an ironic game, uh, they play Colorado State um, at home because I say ironic because we said earlier this is part of the Jim McElwain come to Florida contracts. You have to, you can't buy out. Uh, they, I think they didn't want to buy out his huge contract at Colorado State, so they agreed to. I think it was like two home games to give Colorado State two home games or yeah. Our states have come to Florida for two home games, and uh, that's like how they'll yeah. for that or something like that. So it's just kind of funny that um, <laughs> they're back one time the coach anymore. So it's just 
that's funny that they have to play this. But this is um, this isn't like a easy win for Florida. I would say that. Um, no, it's not. This is a Mike Bobo coach team, so I, I still think Colorado State's a pretty good team. So I'll go ahead and uh, give me your prediction, Debbie. I'll say I'll say win for Florida. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll let Holt elaborate more, but this is a win for Florida. Okay. Yeah, I I agree. I think Florida's going to win. Colorado State is, uh, you know, one of those group of five teams. They also host uh, Arkansas this year, as we were talking about um, on the Arkansas preview. Um, Colorado State should be a pretty good team. They're definitely one of the, you know, more upper echelon uh, non-power five teams. Um, you know, I think – they're definitely good enough to to keep this a close game for the first half or so, but I really like Florida to, to kind of pull away from Colorado State in the second half. Okay, so we'll say three and zero. Now Florida's like the top, top five team apparently. Now, yeah, not top, I feel like when you're, I feel like when you're at Florida, like anytime you start like two or three and zero, you're just automatically like in the top fifteen. Yeah, I think that would be top twenty probably by that, yeah. uh, especially because you beat Kentucky, which isn't. A, a huge win, but it's still like an SEC conference win, so that'd be something. And then they uh, play Tennessee at Neyland this year, and uh, Tennessee did win two years, two or three years ago, whenever I was at that game. But they haven't won the last like twenty otherwise. So um, Tennessee will be fired up for this game. New coach at Neyland um, probably didn't like the way the game ended last year, so I think it's gonna be a, this could be this might be a toss up, I think, because it's at Tennessee. So I still think. I still think Florida will win because I think there's less question marks at Florida than there is at Tennessee, but um, I think it'll be a close game. Like, I think it'll be a touchdown or less game. I'll give this one to J.B. J.B., you can elaborate on this one. Well, uh, this is going to be one of the best games early in the season, I think. Uh, It's not going to be a great game as far as, like, you know, scoring, but I think it's going to be a really low-scoring defensive struggle. Uh, We've seen Mullins teams, they struggle against those – Pruitt, Saban, smart type defenses. And Tennessee's defense is not going to be that bad this year. Uh, it's it's doesn't have a lot of depth, but the starting lineup they're going to have is going to be pretty solid. Uh, they're catching Tennessee early in the season too, which is beneficial for Tennessee. Uh, they're going to be really fired up. Uh, their backs are going to be against the wall because they're likely going to be 2-1 and one at this point. They're already going to have a loss to West Virginia. If Tennessee loses this game, they're going to be staring down two and six. So this is going to be really a must win for Tennessee to have any chance of maybe making a bowl or having a chance to make a bowl later in the season. Uh, and you look at the last uh, four games that these two teams have played, minus the, time, minus the game that Tennessee won in 2016, the other three games have come down to the final possession. 2015 came down to the final possession. Uh, and then 2014 came down to the final possession. And then last year came down to a Hail Mary. This year won't be any different. I think uh, this year it's going to come down in the final possession, but this time it's going to be Tennessee's defense making a stop at the end to pull off a uh, upset win over Florida, and this will probably be uh, Pruitt's only signature win of the season. Hold on, I'll, um, I'll let you elaborate more on Mississippi State in the next game, but uh, you can elaborate. I'll give you the, the privilege of elaborating a little bit on Tennessee here, but keep it a little bit shorter because I'll let you rant for an hour about Mississippi State. Yeah, well, I'm – I uh, agree with everything JB said. Um, I think this is going to be the first big game for big home game for Tennessee. Uh, the crowd's going to be going crazy. You know, both teams have a new coach, so it's kind of like the start of a new era. Um, you know, Pruitt's defenses uh, have always done really well against Dan Mullen's offense, as JB said. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, Florida definitely has like some better receivers than you had at Mississippi State, so that may factor into it a little bit. But I do like Tennessee to win this game. I think uh, Jeremy Pruitt has this one circled as a game uh, that he uh, he knows he can build up a lot of equity if he wins this game the first year. So I think he's going to put a lot of emphasis on it, and I think they're going to uh, find a way to get the win at home under a front of a crazy crowd. So four and zero Florida goes to Starkville take on Mississippi State prob- uh, probably or there's a good chance Mississippi State's undefeated also at this time so Florida and Mississippi State playing each other both undefeated probably both close to top 10 if not top 10 so definitely top so 10. you you got you got Florida beating Tennessee Alex yes yes okay yeah so I think yeah because I think there's less like I said earlier there's less question marks on um, on Florida than there is on at Tennessee so I just think I think Florida's going to win. I, I just feel like if you pick Florida against the Florida Tennessee game in the last 20 years, you're probably making the right pick. Unfortunately, Jamie, right. I just, just think it's the easiest pick, no matter what. Uh, so, two two four and zero teams taking on each other in Starkville. Um, probably. Oh wait, who did Holt? Who did Holt pick? Uh, for the Florida Tennessee game, did uh, did you pick Florida Holt? No, I picked I picked Tennessee. Did y'all both pick Tennessee? Okay, so that's. Okay, so that's uh, I guess that makes Florida what three and one going into Starkville. Uh, I, thought, I thought you picked. No, I'm sorry, three and one. Excuse me, three and one going into Starkville. So, um, but they could easily be four and zero. I guess I could see yeah. them beating Tennessee. So they could, they could be. I this game, that game's definitely a toss up. But I'm just giving the edge of Tennessee. If they were playing Tennessee later in the season, I would easily pick Florida in this one. But because it's early in the season and Tennessee's back's kind of against the wall, and they're going to be fresh and not as many injuries on the team. This is going to be Tennessee's one chance to steal a game against a team that's probably a little better than them. Sorry, I had a little technical difficulty at the time. So we'll, we'll just say um, Florida's three and one going to Mississippi State. So um, still, still um, very, very uh, good matchup between the two teams. If they're both undefeated, it could be a game day game. So um, I'll let Holt elaborate on this one. I think I think there's no way Florida's going to go into. Starkville and beat Mississippi State because I just think Mississippi State is going to be one this one so bad with beating Mullen. So I'll just let Odd Holt elaborate. And Jeb, you can say a few words. It's not as many as Holt, though. Um, yeah, you know, I, I definitely think Mississippi State is going to be favored in this game. Um, I like Mississippi State to win this game. They're just – they're built to win this year, and Florida uh, isn't as much. Um, you know, first year under a new head coach and all that stuff. Um this is one of those games where the crowd is going to be, uh, you know, out for blood a little bit uh, against Mississippi State or against Florida. Um, you know, they're really bitter about Damon and leaving the way he did um, and just kind of how he handled the whole thing. So they're really looking forward to uh, to getting after Damon in this game. And, uh, you know, obviously, if you look back at the history of this rival or this series, Florida has really struggled uh, going up to Starville. Um, they've Spurrier lost, uh, I think, three different games up there. So, uh, you know, it should be a uh, it should be a good game. Uh, I think Mullen is going to um, run a little bit conservative here. He's going to get like just enough first downs to keep Mississippi State's offense off the field. And uh, I like Mississippi State to win this game, like something like twenty-seven to thirteen, something kind of just, you know, not not too bad, kind of an ugly game. Um, but I think Mississippi State's going to get the win. JB? I'm going to go with uh, Mississippi State in this one. Uh, 
Mississippi State's going to be an undefeated team. This is a Bulldog Bash weekend. Is that correct, Holt? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, this is going to be a wild weekend for State. Uh, everything is really pointing State's way in this one. Uh, State's defense is going to be be able to – they know Mullen's offense <clears throat> really well. Uh, their front seven, especially defensive line, is going to be able to stop the Florida run because Florida's offensive line, let's be quite frank, they haven't been that – they weren't that good last year. They do have some guys returning this year, but the defensive line for Mississippi State is going to win that battle. They're going to be able to contain – I think they're going to be able to stop the pass as well. And they're not going to let Florida score that many points. I don't see Florida scoring more than 15 points. And State's going to be able to move the ball against this Florida offense too. I see State winning by double digits. All right, so Florida's now, or excuse me, Florida's now three and two. So a little now question marks. And this is this is a good good toss up game coming up against LSU. Um, it is at home for Florida, but uh, LSU is going to be hungry uh, for this game. Uh, just like I mean, that's LSU. LSU plays hard for most of the time. I mean, we talked about Coach O not being a great coach, but I mean they still play hard. I think for him. Um, this one, I think I think Florida win just because they'll be coming off of two losses. Um, and it's at home, so I just I think I think it's going to be a win. I'll, I'll let Holt elaborate on this one. Yeah, I this I think this game could go either way. Um, Florida being at home, I think gives them a little bit of an advantage. Plus, uh, Dan Mullen um, usually moves the ball pretty well against LSU. Um, uh, for whatever reason, he just always seems to uh, they always seem to play well against LSU. So, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see if that'll carry over to his time at Florida. Um, obviously, they're going to be playing LSU every year. So, uh, you know, I'm going to pick Florida in this game. But, I, I mean, honestly, I could really see it going either way. LSU's got a really good defense. Um, you know, so I could see them winning this game as well. But I, I just like Florida and Dan Mullen in this one. JB? I'm going to go with uh, Florida in this one. Uh, okay. Being at home, it's definitely going to be advantageous for Florida to win this one. Uh, I, I obviously like Dan Mullen a lot more than I like Orgeron. And I think it's not going to be a really pretty game, to be quite honest. But Florida's going to start a little bit better by this point in the season, too. This is, I think this is going to be a, kind of their turnaround game after two tough losses. And this is the game that's going to really set them on a run for the rest of the season. Yeah, so, yeah, Florida wins this one. The last few series, Florida and LSU hasn't been pretty. The last few games between Florida and LSU hasn't been pretty. So, and that's just more of the coaching than the um, teams playing because they both have talent. That's just the coaches. Um, all right, so now we're looks like we're four and two going to play Vanderbilt, and um, I'll just let I'll let JB elaborate on this one, and hold I'll let you elaborate on another one, but we'll just keep this one short because I think it's going to be an easy win for Florida. I don't think it's going to be too hard. It is at Vanderbilt, but I just don't think um, I think Florida has too much talent. I think Dan Mullen, like Pete's saying, is a better coach, and I think he can be getting it rolling by this time. On paper, it's an easy win. But if you look at the last few years, this game has always been really close. And it's always been really ugly, too, like as far as like just both teams is playing like absolute dog crap and, and both offenses not being able to score. And I, I don't see how this game could be any different, possibly. I could see this game being low-scoring affair. But I do think Mullen's offense is going to be a little bit better than McElwain's offenses. But I could see Florida winning something like maybe 20-6. to 6, But it won't be like an absolute blowout. Okay. Holt, do you uh, want to keep this short? Yeah, I like Florida in this game. I think it'll be kind of an ugly game, but I like Florida to win. Okay. So I don't think Florida. Vanderbilt's going to be able to score on Florida. Yeah, Vanderbilt, I mean, one thing about um, Derrick Mason is he, he does play good defense. So, I mean, that that is one one thing to watch out for this game is um, offense versus defense, Florida's offense, Sam Mullen's offense versus Derrick Mason's defense. But, I mean, as it's still it's Florida and Vanderbilt, so it's, it's completely different there. 
Um, so that's, that's a win. So now we have two wins in a row, and I think that's, what, five and two. So now we're getting rolling a little bit, and they hit a huge hurdle here with, with Georgia. Um, and obviously played in Jacksonville, so um, you know, it's a big rivalry. I think I, I think if you ask Florida fans, I think their biggest rival, they would say Georgia. Some people would say Tennessee, but I think it's uh, Georgia. JB, can you answer that real quick? What, who's the biggest rival for Florida? Uh, their biggest rival is Florida State. <laughs> oh, really? Um, oh, yeah, I think their biggest rival is Florida State. I think uh, a lot of Florida State fans would probably agree, too. Uh, you know, that Florida State is either between Miami and Florida, but I think for Florida fans, I think most will tell you that Florida State's a rival. I mean, George, George, I mean Georgia and Tennessee are rivals as well, but I, I think Florida State's the biggest rival. It's an in-state rivalry. Both of these schools don't like each other. They've been solid programs for the last – 25 30 years and they what about what about the uh georgia tennessee like who's the biggest rival for florida between them two uh for georgia uh i would give the lean to georgia the tennessee rivalry really didn't take off until the well like the early 90s the georgia florida rivalry kind of goes back a little bit further yeah and of course with the two schools meeting in jacksonville too you know it's always been unique with the you know the stadium half georgia fans half florida fans uh, yeah. The Tennessee-Florida rivalry has potential to become a really heated rivalry again, but the reason that was the biggest rivalry for a long time is because the winner of that game always decided the East. That game hasn't decided the East in over a decade now. <laughs> All right, so go go ahead, JB. Elaborate on this game, uh, Georgia. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think Georgia's going to lose that many games this year, so I, I think it's going to be uh, I won't say easy win, but I think it's not going to be super difficult for Georgia to beat Florida. Uh, Florida's going to come into this game. Uh, you know, off a of bye week. And I, I do like Florida to keep this one close for a while. Uh, they're going to be 5-2 and two at this point, And they're going to have some momentum built up going into it. But Georgia is likely going to be an undefeated team. And they're going to they're gonna have a lot to play for. They're going to keep the, try to keep the perfect record and stay in playoff contention. And Georgia is just way too talented, too. Like, their offense is just is really smooth. It's, you know, good balance of the run in the pass. Uh, their Georgia defense, even though they lost a lot of guys, uh, they're still going to be really talented. And we know how Kirby Smart defenses are against Mullen offenses. Uh, Georgia will prevail in the second half, but it's not going to be a blowout either. I think Georgia wins by maybe 10 points. Oh, what do you want to add? Um, yeah, well, Florida's going to be coming off a bye in this game. Uh, Dan Mullen has already started kind of trying to take jabs at Georgia, kind of like he did to Ole Miss when he was at Mississippi State. Um, just trying to be trying to make this like a big game, trying to get everybody excited for it. Um, I think Florida's going to come ready to play this game. I think Mullen's going to have a few tricks up his sleeve, and I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, but I just don't, I just can't see Florida winning this game. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I think it's going to be a really good game. But I like Georgia to, to find a way to win at the end. Okay, so that makes them both out when I was six and two, and now they're, um, Maybe, or excuse me, not they didn't lose that, they didn't win that game. Excuse me, sorry, I got that wrong. Excuse me, uh, five and three going uh, to play Missouri at, at Gainesville. Uh, I think this is gonna be an easy win for Florida. Um, I'll especially coming back from the Georgia loss, they'll be, they'll be upset, so um, they'll be a little, little mad, not big mad, just a little mad. Um, to laugh at that for a second, JB. Just a little mad, just a little mad. But um, I don't really think there's too much to talk about with Missouri, so I'll just let I'll let Holt um, take this one just for a second. Um, JB, just give me your prediction so we keep it a little bit shorter. 
I'm going to go with a victory for Florida. But uh, we but we know how good Missouri is. Uh, this game's going to be close. All right, Holt, let's hear it. Um, yeah, I, if you've been listening to the show at all, first of all, props. Thanks for uh, thanks for still listening to us. Um, but uh, I'm really high on Missouri this year, more specifically Drew Locke. Um, a lot of people are freaking out about their defense, but I think Barry Odom being a defensive-minded coach is going to have their defense playing pretty well this year. Uh, I think Drew Locke is going to be in the running for the Heisman. I think he's about to have a huge season. Um, so I'm going to pick Missouri to win this game. Um, Florida scheduled this as their homecoming, uh, which is kind of, you know, kind of a little bit of a slap in the face, honestly. Um, I'm trying to see what happened last year in this game. Yeah, Missouri won this game 45-16 to 16 last year. Um, I don't think Florida's gotten that much better. Um, I, I usually don't just go off year to year, uh, you know, games like that. Uh, cause a lot can change in a year, but, uh, basically like, I'm just, the point I'm making is I feel like a lot of Florida fans feel like this is going to be an easy win for them. And I think by this point in the season, Missouri is going to kind of establish himself as, you know, a contender in the East. Um, and I think they're going to win this game, uh, at Florida. I just don't think Florida's defense is, uh, you know, with Todd Grantham giving up big plays, I think this is an offense that can really uh, create some big plays and take advantage of those risks that Grantham's going to be taking. And uh, I like Missouri to put up a lot of points in this game and get the win. Can't believe you picked him. It sounds like a little bit of a Dan Mullen hate, but I'll, I'll trust you being objective here. Um, I think, yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're going to say overall that Florida's going to win this game, but um, I'm surprised we did pick Missouri in that game. But good, good reasoning, good reasoning. So that makes them what six and three now, headed six to and three, six and three, six and three. So bowl eligible, um, taking on South Carolina, and I'll I'll let JB elaborate on this one and hold. Go ahead and give me a prediction, and JB can elaborate. Yeah, this is uh, really tough. I don't really know if uh, I don't really know who to pick in this game. To be totally honest, I think South Carolina's a little bit overrated, um, but I do I do like South Carolina just a little bit more than Florida. But Florida is at home. Um, I'm not much of a believer in Muschamp, um, unfortunately. Um, I think that uh, Florida's going to find a way to win this game at home uh, over South Carolina. I mean, good little storyline there. <clears throat> returning to Florida, but this isn't the first time. So um, South Carolina does have a good program. So um, it, it's not – it's not a. I don't think it's a blow-away win for Florida, but I think Florida will win. Um, but South Carolina, I do like what Muschamp's doing in South Carolina, which Debbie will probably reiterate now. <laughs> Yeah, Muschamp is building a solid program in South Carolina. I think he's learned a lot from uh, his experience at Florida. He was too much of a micromanager at Florida, and and you can't really be a micromanaging head coach, you know, in your first go around because you really just don't know what the fuck you're doing. But um, <laughs> but Muschamp, uh, he's learned a lot uh, during his time there, and I think it, he's really it humbled him and mellowed him. He's a lot more of a calm presence as a head coach now, and he's really a become more of a likable coach with his players too. Like at Florida, he just didn't come off as a really nice guy. He came off as too intense and too crazy. But now you see him like being more involved with his team, especially when he took his team out for a, a paintball excursion about a week ago. That was really fun to see. And and I, I like uh, uh, the way the South Carolina program is moving along. And I'm going to pick South Carolina in this one too. I really like Jake Bentley, their quarterback. Uh, their defense is going to be really good under Muschamp. Uh, their defense might be – it's it's not going to be – it's not as aggressive as a Grantham defense, but Muschamp is just – he's really like a chess player on defense too. Like he's really methodical about his looks and disguising his coverages and his blitz packages. 
and that's going to give uh, Mullen some fits too. I, so I, I'm going to I'm picking South Carolina this one. Man, both of you are surprising me. Uh, first hold picks Florida lose Missouri, and then um, now JB's picking. Florida. Dude, you guys are just like really down on Missouri this year, huh? Like, I mean, you guys just think that they're just not good at all. No, no I, I do like Missouri. I just taking Florida that one. That's yeah. only. I mean, Missouri's going to lose some games. There's no doubt. It's at it's at Florida, and then Missouri doesn't play defense. So I like. I mean, I like Drew Locke as much as you do. Remember, we talked about how much we like. I mean, you could you could definitely tell me. You can definitely say that I might be on South Carolina's nuts a bit. I'm not even really completely on their nuts. Just maybe on one nut. But I, I do think I do think I'm I'm giving some confidence in Muschamp and thinking that maybe he's learned a lot from his first position. I did say the same thing about Orgeron, but I think it's different with Muschamp. Yeah, I like okay. Muschamp a little bit more than uh, Orgeron for sure. <laughs> All right, so Florida is now seven and three, taking on Idaho, the big. I wonder what I don't even know what Idaho is. Their mascot is the Vandals. The Vandals. Vandals. All right, so there you have it. Um, I think this will be an easy win. So I'm just gonna not really talk about this for the sake of time. So I think it's gonna be a easy win. So that makes them eight and three, taking on their biggest rival, according to JB, Florida State at Tallahassee. Um, I don't know about this one. This was a tough one too. Um, I think I think I'm gonna have to pick Florida State because it's at Florida State. This is kind of what I just pick with, but Florida State. I don't I don't know. I think Florida State has more talent. Um, I think um, they have a better coach than Willie Tiger, but I, I think um, being at Florida State, I think it's just gonna be a tough win there. So I think Florida State can win. Uh, I'll let Holden and then you can go after. Yeah, just I mean, just real quick, uh, not to get into this game too, too much, because uh, I don't really know a ton about Florida State, but what I do know is that they have a guy named Cam Akers, um, yeah. who's from not, not too far from where I live in Mississippi, but uh, he's a big-time player, uh, probably going to be a Heisman Trophy candidate this year. Um, I think, uh, you know, Florida and Florida State, I think both teams kind of have some question marks going into this year. Both are coming off tough years, both lost their head coach. Um, I like Dan Mullen a little bit more as a coach, um, but Florida State is at home, and I think they have the best player on the field, which is Cam Akers. So I'm going to go with Florida State, but I can see it going either way. And if you, I'll remind you, if you remember, like before Florida State had a terrible year last year, before uh, Francois went down, they were they were like number three preseason number three last year. So I don't I don't know. Everybody knew they lost. Um, what was the defensive back's name? Der- what was it? Derwin? Derwin James. Derwin James. Derwin yeah, James. They lost him. But I don't know Florida State as well. Well, I know everybody in the SEC, but I'm sure they have a lot of that talent from that team last year. That was preseason three that just went down because of the quarterback. And then I feel like Kimba uh, Fisher is ready to guess. I still think they have a lot of talent. So um, I don't think that they're. I don't think it's gonna be easy easy game for Florida at all. But uh, JB, go ahead and elaborate a little bit more. Well, we got two uh, new, brand-new head coaches in this game. They both know that this game is important to each of their fan bases and to the programs as well. Uh, I think Florida State and uh, Florida are probably going to have identical records, too. I can see Florida, I think Florida State will probably be about 8-3, and 9-2 and two going into this one. I think Florida will be 8-3. and three. But I am going to go with Florida this one. I think Florida has a better coach than Mullen, and I think he's going to be able to uh, get a uh, signature victory to cap off a uh, solid first season under the Dan Mullen tenure, and they will be 9-3. and three. So yeah, let's go with Florida. Man, uh, so the good the good news about this is that we are um, we are like disagreeing with each other. I feel like this is like a first take on ESPN because they're uh, we're just debating each other who's going to win each game. So that's good. We don't agree with everything, but I think we arrived at what eight and four total because 
was uh, pick Florida State. I, I picked Florida State. Uh, I picked South Carolina. I think Holt picked uh, Florida. Uh, but we're eight and three think, going into the game. Yeah, me and Holt disagreed on the Missouri and South Carolina game. So it's really, Alex, that's you're the tiebreaker for Missouri and uh, South Carolina. Who'd you pick for those? I I I picked Florida for both those, but. Okay, so that means they were eight and three going to this one. So that means they finished nine and three. Yeah. So which isn't that's probably what you expect. That's kind of what you're saying to see the floor with Mullen. I mean, his first year is not too bad. Um, I don't know what would it be like Capital One Bowl maybe. Yeah. I mean, they went four and seven last year. I think they should be happy if they go eight and eight and four, nine and three this year. Yeah, like I think I think they're a solid eight nine win team this year. Uh, we gave them one. Of, I gave we gave them two of the three for the top subs, but. Uh, South Carolina, Missouri, and Florida State. We gave them two of those three, so that's that's given the benefit of the doubt. Would that? Um, what would nine wins as to see what bowl game would that be? Would it be Capital One? Probably Capital One. They're not going to be in contention for a New Year's Six, but they'll probably get, get, what's, they get. They'll probably outback. get a Capital. Probably Capital One Outback Bowl, but then again, yeah. like Florida, like those bowls don't really like getting Florida as much, just because those fans don't have to travel and they're not going to be in the hotel rooms and spending as much money. Yeah, but uh, I'd, it'll probably be the Outback Bowl or the Capital One Bowl for Florida. Other miscellaneous item that I'll mention, I did go to Gainesville. I stopped in Gainesville on my way to Tampa this year. I stopped at Southern Charm. Uh, nice little exactly what it's – it sounds like it's upscale. My uh, my friend described it to me as like kind of a high class. It's not really a high class place. It's just like a um, good old – I would say a hole in the wall, but it's a good southern food place. So Gainesville – Try Southern Charm, or if you're in Gainesville, you already know about Southern Charm, so go back there. It's pretty good. I got um, some fried chicken, and I had some some meatloaf also uh, from our, somebody else's plate. It was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> T- typical Alex move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always, you always, bro, bro. You gonna eat that? <laughs> just, just look at you so wild. <laughs> you're done eating. Like, okay, I guess I can eat it now. <laughs> But, JB, uh, or, uh, Alex, I'm in this hotel and I walked by someone's room the other day and they put the room service out, um, like for the people to take. And they had like a whole plate of French fries, like right there. And I was like, man, <laughs> if Alex was here, he would just pick that up and walk right to his room with it. <laughs> for sure. What was the, um, you were, you were saying you were going to take a picture of the, of a chicken biscuit from yesterday that you just ate, decided to eat and said, and then just forgot about where was that from? Uh, it was, I'm actually in Jacksonville, Florida right now. And it was in a place called Maple street biscuit. Um, I don't know how like popular it is because, uh, neither one of my Uber drivers knew about it and they both, uh, are from here, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's a place that, uh, I had a friend tell me about and, um, it's really good. They make these like fresh, like homemade biscuits, like every day they make all different kinds. Like they make cheese biscuits, like cinnamon biscuits and like just every kind of biscuit you can think of. I, I had, uh, I think they call it the five and a dime uh, biscuit, which was like a huge piece of like fried chicken, like fried chicken breast with uh, cheese, bacon, a fried egg and gravy on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really I really should have taken a picture of it. But I, uh, first to post on slow smoke. But, uh, you know, I was just I was really hungry and uh, all I could think about was eating it. So uh, so said I went, that. I went ahead and uh, smashed it real quick. Um, I'm I'm actually gonna go back again in a couple weeks, so I'll try to uh, I'll try to remember to take a picture next time. But yeah, it's Maple Street Biscuit in Jacksonville, um, big time. Uh, so for the Florida Georgia game, make sure you stop there and take a picture and send it to us because Holt just eats it instead. Right. Yeah. Sorry. It was really good. 
Okay, I think that's the end of our show today. As always, thanks for listening to uh, us have technical difficulties and scramble through this. Um, you can always follow us on Twitter on, and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoke. And I think we finally figured out how to get all of our podcasts on iTunes. So make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you're feeling even generous after that, make sure you Venmo us each $10. We won't ask for a lot, but just a little donation to keep this going. Um, but not really. You should donate to something else more, more worth it than us. But with that, I think we'll end this podcast. Until next time, we'll, we'll do uh, Georgia or some other team in the SECs. Peace.